to Very Amusing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Weisel, and I am back. Two weeks feels like way too long to have been without all of you. I don't know how I used to take those long season season breaks. We used to do seasons where then we'd have like two or three months off, which seems so strange. I'm very happy to be back. And it was just a little break. Thank you so much. Um, I understand that, you know, when like a podcast you listen to regularly isn't there for a week, you're kind of like, and I feel the same way. It makes me uncomfy. I don't like it. I feel itchy. So I'm back and I'm sorry to have left you for a little while, but I've been up to so much including working on future episodes. I know I keep teasing that I've been doing a lot of research. I finished the research for that. I want to spoil it, but I'm not going to. It'll be out later this February, and it took more hours than any podcast episode I've ever worked on, so I hope you like it very much. What else have I been up to? I went to a Stony Clover Lane event, which was very fun. I ate a lot of little french fries at that. It was delicious. I, oh my gosh, I guessed it on two other podcasts. Um, One is out, one is coming out, so stay tuned for that. I got my first real facial. I called it a big boy facial. Like, it was a real facial, like in a real place, a real fancy facial. Um, I got one a few weeks ago that was like kind of like a real facial. This was a big one, like a big spa appointment. And um, I don't know why I'm like ranking them based on how real they are. This one was just more expensive, I guess. That's that's what made it more real. Uh, but it was great. It was great. I now feel like a full-blown adult and uh, it was fancy. I also put, here's the problem. When you do one of these appointments, like if I get a massage, um, I work out a lot. So I'm, my muscles are always sore. So that's more athletic to me. Getting a facial, you're basically just laying there, but not sleeping, but not taking a nap. And all I wanted to do was go on my phone. It was long. It was like over an hour. And I just wanted to go on my phone so badly, which makes me think I'm not cut out for this fancy lady lifestyle. So I'll probably never do it again, but it was great to have done it once before because I am, I'm recording this on Saturday night, the week before the podcast comes out. I am going to the Grammys tomorrow. By the time this episode comes out, you will know uh, if we won or if we lost. So fingers crossed that we won. Um, Ben's artist, Noah Khan is nominated for Best New Artist, so fingers crossed that he gets it. And yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. But who cares about award shows? Because we are talking about Walt Disney World this week. So much about Walt Disney World that I'm just going to keep quiet. We're going to jump ahead. But if there are any questions you did not find answered in this episode, call us on the 747 Tros hotline and I will be happy to answer them. But until then, here is our Disney World episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back. And I'm going to be honest with you. There are not enough infographics in the world to easily explain visiting Walt Disney World on vacation in 2024 to you. So allow me to, like a college professor in front of one of those gigantic chalkboards that they don't sell in stores but always have in movies about college, allow me to update you on everything you probably forgot about visiting Disney World. Because there is a lot, and there is a lot of nuance. There are so many procedures, and 
many slight shifts due to big changes at the park that have left a ripple effect in how you may visit these parks this year compared to how you have in the past. And if you haven't been in years or if you are returning to Walt Disney World after just a couple months or if you have never been, this episode has everything you need to catch you up on what changed and how it will affect your future trip and basically how to successfully visit Walt Disney World in 2024. When it comes to Walt Disney World, these are the main changes you need to know. First off, park hopping is back, baby! Like a portal to our lives circa 2019. You can now park hop to your heart's desire if you have the correct type of admission. Before the pandemic, you could flop around from park to park whenever you liked. In these past few years, you couldn't switch parks until 2 p.m. This switch just happened in January, and I still feel like I'm losing my mind based on the fact that you couldn't park up until 2 p.m. for years. I can't believe that's what it was, and it's gone, and I've already put it out of my brain forever, 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 because that was whack. Now, at long last, as of a few weeks ago, if you have park hopper admission, you can bop around to your heart's content. You can run from Epcot to Hollywood Studios and back before lunchtime. Wake up, rope drop flight of passage, and dash to Magic Kingdom for Peter Pan's flight. You can maximize your Disney vacation. Finally, 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 you can go anywhere and do anything. But what does this change really mean for you and your vacation? You can truly get so much more out of your trip. Buying a park hopper ticket is worth more now than it was just a few weeks ago. It also affects how long you can visit Walt Disney for because you can essentially pull off a shorter trip if that is your only option in a way that you couldn't a few months back. You can cram in so much more than then. And I really think that's a wonderful benefit. And I'm so glad that this is back to normal. Park hopping returning also affects procedure for virtual queue. If Tron or Guardians of the Galaxy or Tiana's Bayou Adventure, which will likely employ the VQ system when it debuts later this year, if any of those rides are your priority, keep listening because we will discuss how to get on these rides with virtual queue. Also, keep in mind for your plans. If you are planning to aggressively park hop in the morning specifically, bus transportation between parks begins at 10 a.m. each day. So if Magic Kingdom opens at 8 and you really want to hightail it to Slinky Dog Dash after doing Seven Dwarves Mine Train at 8.30, you just might have to find alternate transportation there. The other big piece of Walt Disney World news is that Park Pass reservations are gone. Hallelujah! For the majority of regular ticket holders. We will get into that. We will get into that. But essentially, you don't have to specify if you're starting at Animal Kingdom or Epcot or any of that if you have, again, the majority of tickets. Multi-day tickets, vacation packages with date-based tickets, all that. In more straightforward terms, if you went on Walt Disney World's website today or went on a few weeks ago and bought a three-day ticket, you're all set. The same is true for date-based one-day tickets. That language is clunky, but that's the official language, which is why I'm saying it. It'll come up again. Date-based one-day tickets, which is a lot of words that essentially mean that if you go online to Disney World's website and you buy a one-day ticket, you'll already be specifying what park you intend to visit at the time of purchase because they all cost different amounts. So what does this mean for you with the fact that park pass reservations are gone? Well, you have a lot more flexibility in your trip. Let's say you wake up, it's the last day of your four-day vacation, and you're planning a visit to Magic Kingdom, but your kids or your parents or your spouse decides, you know what? No, no. We have to spend our last day at Hollywood Studios. You can do that without checking the website for permission or doing anything, really. You can just go, which feels retro, but is very, very nice. 
It also means there are less hoops for you to jump through to simply do what the ticket you paid for does. And that is a win. We're about to head down a slightly inside baseball path, so I will cover this as quickly as possible. But I will flag that theme park reservations are still required for sport tickets, convention tickets, Florida resident Disney thrills tickets, Disney military salute tickets, student group tickets, and annual passes. Annual pass holders specifically will still need to make park reservations. Disney World also employed these good-to-go days when reservations are not required and annual pass holders can easily enter, but I'll give Disney World this. They have given us more access to the parks, I say as an annual pass holder, or at least access on par with what we had prior to the pandemic, which is a win. And these good-to-go days are great for if you're local with a flexible schedule. But for me and for so many of us, an annual pass holder who lives on the other side of the country, keep in mind, we still will be planning our vacations like it's 2021-2022, which is frustrating, but I understand that they are things are getting back to normal in terms of annual pass holders. I also regularly forget that these good-to-go days are in addition to the 2 p.m. rule for annual pass holders, which is that if you have an annual pass, you can access any park on a day you're not blocked out after 2 p.m., except Magic Kingdom on weekends. Those two together, between the good-to-go dates and that after 2 p.m. rule, they, they really just mean you have a lot more flexibility if you can keep that information straight. Some other noteworthy changes coming to Walt Disney World this year include new scenes coming to Star Tours, date has not yet been announced, Country Bear Jamboree's update, which is forthcoming, Epcot opening Communicore Hall and Communicore Plaza, which kind of finishes all the construction at Epcot, ties in a nice little bow, an updated Little Mermaid show coming to Disney's Hollywood Studios, the return of Disney Dining Plan, which is back, and of course, Tiana's Bayou Adventure coming to Magic Kingdom. But if you're going to Disney World in 2024, it's not just what's new that you need to worry about. It's how all of this fits within that same old Genie Plus Lightning Lane Mishigas, which is essentially Yiddish for ay ay ay, which is essentially Yiddish for you got some planning to do. I've got a refresher, a crash course, a reminder on how all of this works in line with those changes coming up right after this break. Anyone who's uttered the words Genie Plus knows firsthand that vacations require time, money, planning, energy. And if you put all that effort into enjoying your trip already, why not extend the highlights of that getaway into your everyday with FrameBridge? Put that vintage Epcot ticket up in your office and give it a little personality. Surprise your kid with their favorite character's autograph immortalized on the wall of their room. FrameBridge makes it so easy and affordable to custom frame any photo, park map, or even cocktail napkin from a theme park hotel bar in just minutes. You can mock up exactly what it'll look like on their website before you even spend a dime. Things ship fast and they ship for free, and their colorful custom framing means they'll not only help you plan your gallery wall, but make sure your place looks cooler than the interiors of that mid-century modern home within Spaceship Earth. I love the mementos I framed with FrameBridge so much that I rearranged my entire office so I can enjoy them daily. This is not a bit. This is this is true life. They're the backdrop to my podcast Zoom interviews, my Instagram stories, and even the goofy photos we take of Pearl tip-tapping away at my keyboard like she's a miniature employee. Too often, our favorite memories of a vacation are tucked inside our phone or shoved within a drawer, and it thrills me to no end that because of FrameBridge, I can finally be surrounded by my memories. FrameBridge makes custom framing easy, affordable, and enjoyable. And on top of that, their happiness guarantee ensures that no matter what, you'll wind up with something you love. 
To get started, head to framebridge.com because your precious travel memories shouldn't have to stay in the past. That's framebridge.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back. You kind of sort of can't go to Disney World without having a plan for skipping the lines. And here is what you need to know to do that. As a reminder, Disney offers two paid Skip the Line products, Genie Plus and Individual Lightning Lane. Genie Plus is a flat fee once per day purchase, which grants access to book expedited queues for the majority of rides, shows, and experiences throughout the parks. If you've heard of FastPass, this is the updated version of that, and it is no longer free. I apologize if I'm the bearer of bad news. I think most people listening to this podcast know that. Some do not, and I'm sorry to be the one to tell you. This product can only be purchased day of, starting at midnight that day, and can first be used at 7 a.m. each day. Book an hour-long return window for a ride like Pirates of the Caribbean from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., and during that time, you can enter through a shorter queue called the Lightning Lane. Now, individual Lightning Lane provides a la carte access to the most popular Disney World rides like Tron Lightcycle Run and Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. Disney sells these individual Lightning Lane experiences separately from Genie Plus, and guests are limited to two per day. People have tripped up on this since the day Individual Lightning Lane was originally introduced. And it's that the booking windows, the time frame for booking this, is not the same as Genie Plus. For Genie Plus, It doesn't matter what hotel you stay at. It doesn't matter where you are. You can book your first Genie Plus at 7 a.m. For individual Lightning Lane, however, you need to be a guest of a Disney Resort hotel or a guest at Walt Disney World Swan, Dolphin, Swan Reserve, or Shades of Green. If you are not a guest of any of those hotels, you cannot book your individual Lightning Lane until the time that the park opens. So there is an advantage here to staying at one of these hotels to be able to book one of the most in-demand rides at Walt Disney World, especially when that ride is brand new and tricky to get on. Because it's been a minute since we discussed all of this, I'm going to get into some specifics here that I think are relevant and useful. First, Disney has changed the pricing on this since we last discussed it. Genie Plus pricing changes by day as well as by park. On average, expect to spend around $20 to $23 per person per day if crowds are low, and as much as $35 per person on peak days. It does include PhotoPass lenses and attraction photographs taken throughout the day, but is something you may want to factor into your cost for when you're planning your trip. Individual Lightning Lanes are sold at a price that varies based on the ride and the day. I would recommend budgeting between $10 and $20 for each ride, just on average, depending on where you go. And the current lineup for rides, there are five that offer individual Lightning Lane. It is Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Tron Light Cycle Run, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, and Avatar Flight of Passage. Again, depending on when you're listening to this, it is very likely that Tiana's Bayou Adventure will be offered as an individual Lightning Lane attraction when it debuts, along with the virtual queue. We do not know yet, but... I would probably bet mm, 
all of my money on it. (laughs) Second, the two-hour rule. If you're using Genie Plus, this is super important and also quite nuanced. With Genie Plus, you can book a new attraction after you redeem your first or if two hours have passed since you made your most recent reservation. But that clock does not start until two hours after the park opens. Let me break it down. So if you wake up at 7 a.m., you get on your phone, you have Genie Plus, and you book Big Thunder Mountain Railroad for later that day. Let's say Magic Kingdom opens at 9 a.m. You can't make your first reservation at 9 a.m., two hours after 7 a.m. You can make your first selection at 11 a.m. or after redeeming your first ride, whichever comes first. And if you're moving and grooving and booking multiple rides and getting busy in Genie Plus, just keep this in mind. You can book another ride two hours after making your most recent selection or after redeeming your most recently booked selection, not redeeming an earlier one. There is a very detailed planned Disney story that explains this in not a concise way, but truly (laughs) so many words, but gives you multiple scenarios in different timeframes. And I think it really is helpful, even though it is slightly maddening. I will link to that in the show notes. But again, This is very specific. It is a little more intuitive when you're actually doing it, but it is a good thing to flag because I do think it gets lost in the Genie Plus conversation, especially for first-time users. The app will tell you when you can book again, kind of, but just keep that in mind going in that if you book at 7 a.m., you cannot book two hours later. You have to keep in mind for when the park opens. Third, there are no more park hopping restrictions, so you can book where you want, when you want, which is a huge game changer. You will need to pay for Genie Plus in a way that it allows you to access four parks. You can pay for individual park or pay for all of them, but you get so much more done across Walt Disney World in a day now than you used to. Just make sure to plan time for transportation, which always takes longer than you anticipate. That is not a note to myself, but it is a little because I always think transportation is so quick and boy, it is not quick when you need it to be. Sometimes it's quick when you don't need it to be, but other times, oh, it's going to just take forever. You know, I'm just, I'm, I've run to a bus. I try to catch it. And sometimes when I miss it, I get real sad. Anyway, that is a tangent. And now we're here to discuss the most in-demand attractions at the time we're recording this, according to Thrill Data, are Slinky Dog Dash and Remy's Ratatouille Adventure for Genie Plus. If you are using Genie Plus and you are booking Epcot or Disney's Hollywood Studios, you want one of those two attractions to be your first choice if you are planning to ride those attractions. Those are the ones that are going to go the quickest, which is why I think you should prioritize those if you are using Genie Plus. And if Genie Plus and Individual Lightning Lane and all this stuff wasn't enough, there is also virtual queue. Virtual queue, not often discussed. Like insider Disney people know, first time guests, they don't know too much about virtual queue. They hear about the Genie Plus, they hear about the individual landing lanes, but there is also virtual queue. Virtual queue is free to all Disney World guests, and it is typically in use for the most in-demand Disney rides. Virtual queue is currently operating for Tron Light Cycle Run and Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. And essentially what that means is that when it's in use, You cannot stand in line and wait for these rides. The standby line is the virtual queue. And the only way around that system is to buy an individual lightning lane for that ride. You can book virtual queue at 7 a.m., just like with most of this stuff, from anywhere. The airport, your hotel room, Starbucks. But at 1 p.m., you have to have entered the park where the attraction is located. It is very important, there's some fine print that I need to note, that now that park hopping has shifted back, 
You can only hold one virtual queue at a time during the day. So if you are really trying to do Tron and Guardians on the same day, which many of you probably are, consider purchasing an individual lightning lane for one of them just so that you're covered since you may not get virtual queue on that first shot. There is one more piece to this virtual queue puzzle for which we need to take a little step back. We just have to, you know, widen the scope a bit because if this all sounds like too much, oh my God, I get it. Trust me, I get it. You could skip it altogether. You could take it easy and just book a lightning lane here and there. Be all chill with it. To paraphrase the ad on the Chicago L that I would read constantly when going to my internship when I was young, it basically this ad punished riders for experiencing the crush of rush hour, but it said, Something like leave early, go late, alternate, which is something you can do if you want to opt out of all of this. Arriving early to Disney World is one of the oldest quote-unquote hacks for getting on rides more quickly. And guests of Disney hotels and those affiliated with them can enter the parks 30 minutes early every single day. It can get you on one attraction early, but if you time it right, it can be worth it. There's also extended evening theme park hours for Disney Deluxe Hotels, which grants late-night access with low lines on select nights. This is why I recommend Swan and Dolphin so often, because they get all of those benefits while often costing less than the Deluxe Hotels. And if you'd rather make a night of it, there's also Disney After Hours, a separate ticketed event on select nights with low wait times and complimentary snacks. You can just load up on snacks. I've done it. It was, it was pretty amazing. And that is currently offered on select nights at all parks but Animal Kingdom. Now, how do all these things I just yell at you work with virtual queue? Well, if you're doing extended evening theme park hours, again, that's for deluxe hotel guests, the one I just mentioned, you will have another virtual queue to take note of. For an event like that, you can join the virtual queue starting at 6 p.m. Now, you can book that from anywhere. You don't need to be inside the park. And you can book it even if you've already been on that attraction that day, either through virtual queue or individual lightning lane. If you're doing After Hours, the ticketed event with late night access to the parks and free snackies, and Magic Kingdom, Tron will have a standby line, no virtual queue at this time, as well as for Epcot with Guardians of the Galaxy. When it comes to planning your day with all of these different things to think about, here are my biggest tips, recommendations, and reminders. Make sure all of your accounts are linked before you arrive at Walt Disney World with your entire traveling party. I cannot emphasize this enough because I myself have gone goofed when it comes to this. I have messed this up. I have messed this up. And I have been at the concierge desk at the Swan Reserve. And I think it was 1145 at night trying to sort things out and get them sorted on the back end. So make sure everyone in your traveling party is linked up before you get to Walt Disney World. Also, Know that the hotels with Disney benefits are not the same as the hotels that let you book individual Lightning Lane at 7 a.m. There's a lengthy list of Disney-era hotels, like the Disney Springs Resort Area Hotels, including ones like Wyndham Garden, Lake Buena Vista, and View Resort. There's Waldorf Astoria. There's Four Seasons Orlando. Those will get you a lot of select Disney perks, but not the 7 a.m. individual Lightning Lane benefit. Make sure you know what your hotel offers before it is 7 a.m. day of because you don't want to wake up out of a dead sleep and panic book your one shot to go on Guardians of the Galaxy and absolutely mess it up. Not that I also know that one from experience, but I do. I blame pregnancy brain. I forgot and I woke up at 7 a.m. hurriedly trying to book one for my husband and whoops, uh, fully goofed, forgot that Four Seasons did not have that. <laughs> now, if you are coming from the West Coast, 
understand from the start that you are at a disadvantage. It's not great. And I tell you from West Coast to West Coast, it is not great. And there's kind of no real way around it. You have to really wake up at 7 a.m., 4 a.m. your time if you want to skip the line on certain rides or really maximize the purchase of Genie Plus. So because of this, I would recommend if you're not going to use Genie Plus every day on your trip, use it towards the end of your trip just so that you're not fully tuckered out from the start. And to go off that, it's recommended to buy Genie Plus before 7 a.m. because it'll help you move more quickly. It goes on sale at midnight each day. But that advice, that professional advice, uh, as a new parent, I can't stand behind that anymore because sleep is sacred. So whenever you can buy it, whenever you can get up is the best. And don't worry about it if you can't get up at 6.45 every single day to book it. You will still book things. You will still have a wonderful trip. Now, if you are booking multiple of these options for skipping the line, the best order, I think, is Virtual Queue, then Genie Plus, then Individual Lightning Lane. Your top Genie Plus choice, especially if it's something like Slinky Dog Dash, is likely to go more quickly unless there is a brand new attraction out. Then I would prioritize that, which will likely be an Individual Lightning Lane. Some people are okay waiting till the second Virtual Queue drop. I myself get too anxious and cannot do it. So if I don't get the ride that I'm looking for on the first drop for a virtual queue for something I really need to go on that day or during that trip, I will buy the individual lightning lane right after. And I will do that instead of Genie Plus and do it first just so I can make sure I have it. If it is, if it's like, oh, I got to get on Cosmic Rewind or my day's ruined, I will prioritize that first. Be sure to set an alarm on your phone for when your next Genie Plus booking window is, whenever you have two hours or however long until the next one. Doing this ensures no time is wasted between your selections and guarantees you will get the most out of what you paid for Disney Genie Plus. There are times, I do this every single time, but there are times when I mean to do it and I forget and I'm like, oh, I'll do that when I get to the next destination and I never do. And every single time I have been late to book. So I highly recommend doing this, setting a timer, setting alarm, just doing something so that your phone alerts you for when it is time for you to book once again. And going off of that, turn on phone notifications while you're at Disney World so you don't miss any virtual queue messaging or anything like that. And be sure to bring a phone charger or purchase and use a fuel rod, which is the on-site exchangeable phone charger system available at Walt Disney World. This is essential because doing all this all day in the hot sun will drain your battery. And you really, really don't want to be stranded having to charge your phone and miss out on having fun and enjoying your vacation because you're standing somewhere trying to charge. And last but not least, there are methods for how to quote unquote stack your return times. If you're wondering what your top priority should be per park, Thrill Data, which is this website that tells you essentially historically what has sold out when, will be your best resource for that level of personal planning. I still think the best thing to do is to prioritize what sells out fastest versus what you want to do most. And just because Jungle Cruise, which is always in high demand at the Magic Kingdom, sells out quickly, if it's not on your list, if it's not essential to you, don't book it just because it's popular. Book what is most important to you and be sure to prioritize that over the gaming of the system with Genie Plus. When it comes to stacking, these days, that essentially means booking all of your things for the afternoon, for the evening, so that during the day, during the morning, you just wait in line, you enjoy, and then in the afternoon, you bang, 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 have rides back to back to back to back. That is a, it's a popular approach for a lot of people. If you are going to be in the parks all afternoon and evening, I personally 
don't tend to use that method because I like to do a lot in the morning and then take a break later and go to dinner and leave the park and kind of early nighttime. But if that works for you, that is definitely an approach. And it is fun because you'll just feel like you're running through lines all throughout the afternoon and early evening. I hope this helps as a primer, as a refresher for your 2024 trips to Walt Disney World. Stay tuned for a similar one like this for Disneyland, which we would likely be doing in the coming months, especially uh, focusing on all of the new things at Disneyland that I missed when I was out. But please do let me know at 747 Churros if you have any planning questions. If you are stressed, leave a voicemail. That's probably the best way so that I can play it for other people who may be thinking the same thing or have the same questions. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful Disney World trip, no matter when you are planning on going. Hey, Carly, this is Carrie. I just listened to your podcast, The Ride episode about Rainforest Cafe, which is super fun and very enjoyable. And I love it when you're on that show. And I genuinely appreciated all of the Chicago Tavern Style Pizza Talk. Um, I love that you and Mike are both Chicago suburb uh, kids and <laughs> that these themes kind of come up regularly. That is uh, my childhood pizza as well, as well as pizza, Chicago pizza, obviously. But Barnaby's, my childhood tavern-style Chicago pizza. I wonder if your dad's Barnaby's is my childhood Barnaby's, which was the one on Caldwell in Niles, not the Northbrook one, the other one. I went there countless times with my family, junior high, volleyball team, birthday parties, the whole bit. We loved it. It's so good. And, right, every city competes over whose pizza is the best. Arguably, Chicago clearly the winner with two unique, very special and delicious styles of pizza, the tavern style and the deep dish. So anyway, love the pizza, miss it. Uh, yeah, just wanted to say how much I appreciated and enjoyed that discussion and your appearance on podcast. Okay. Thanks, Sally. Bye. Hi! Thank you so much for listening. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, I went on podcast The Ride. It is a very fun podcast, and we talked about Rainforest Cafe for nearly two hours, I believe. It was a... It, it was so much fun. But I always forget that Mike, who's one of the hosts of the podcast, is not only from Chicago like I am, but discusses it extensively on the show. Like, Woodfield Mall, which nobody should know what Woodfield Mall is who didn't grow up with Woodfield Mall. Woodfield Mall is like part of the lore of their podcast. They talk about it all the time. I think it's because they had a lot of experimental type of restaurants and chain restaurants and things like that back in the day. And that's a little bit in their real, a lot of it in their real house, let's be real. Uh, but it's so every time I forget like, oh yeah, um, something I don't know. I've been on podcast The Ride maybe three or four, five, three Three, I think I've done three regular episodes at this point, and then I've done some other special series that they have. But I don't know if this has ever come, might have come up on the first time, but Mike's mom and my mom know each other, and we didn't know this until after I recorded with them, which once we figured it out is funny, but it is like, I usually say like, oh, Chicago, like I know way too many people there. I truly do. Like it to walk into another podcast and talk to someone and our moms know each other. Come on, come on. It's too real. As for Barnaby's Pizza, I will get into what that is in a second, but I texted my mom 
before I recorded this asking her which is the one that my dad likes. I She has not texted back, but, and I'm sure she will hear this and be like, I always text you back. She's asleep. It's 1 a.m. there, but still. Um, in terms of uh, Barnaby's, I think it is the same one. The one my dad likes is the one that you were talking about. Chicago is known for deep dish pizza, as many of you know, but Chicago is also low-key known for tavern-style pizza. It is this thin, crispy, cheesy pizza. If you've listened to the episode of Podcast The Ride, which I was on, uh, you've heard me talk about how this is the type of pizza my brother makes. Yes, my, my brother, who is a transplant surgeon, is also a pizza chef because what can't he do? It's amazing. <laughs> he can save your life and feed you. It's wonderful. Uh, but he makes tavern-style pizza, and it's so good. We are all hooked on it. And it's this like low-key Chicago thing that not enough people talk about. Not enough people talk about it. Oh, I mean, it's probably going to be popular in the next few years, as discussed on that podcast, which you can hear more about. Um, I will put it in the show notes, but uh, Tavern Style Pizza is delish. And Barnaby's, if you're ever in the Chicagoland area, is the joint to go to. Thank you so much for calling. And to anyone who is from Chicago listening to this, hello. Okay, bye. Hey, Carly. This is kind of a weird question, but I think your podcast is the avenue I wanted to go down with it instead of posting on like a forum. Um, my partner and I are going to Orlando Parks in a few months. Um, I haven't been since like 2018. And since then, I've gained a lot of weight. And I'm wondering uh, if there are like weight restrictions or size restrictions on some of the rides, um, especially some roller coasters, because I love roller coasters. Um, we, over the past summer, we went to a Cedar Fair Park and there were a few coasters where I was kind of snug in the restraints and everything. So I'm just wondering if you have any information about this or if you have any resources about navigating um, Universal Orlando and Disney World as a larger person. Uh, thank you. Not a weird question. This is not a weird question to call in with. I am so grateful that you did. Thank you for posing this question because this is a very real issue that so many people experience. And I'm sure there is at least one, if not more people listening to this who are grateful that you called in with it. So generally speaking, Universal is thought to be more restrictive in seats than Disney, which is why I cannot recommend YouTube enough for you for both of these resorts. There are a lot of threads and blog posts and stories and things like that, which are definitely helpful. There's also some discussion threads in the Fomaly, I believe. But YouTube really lets you see the test seats, see a person in them, see any potential issues for the way the seats are shaped or the way the restraints work, and both hear and see reviews of what works and what was troublesome for certain riders. Pammy Plus Parks is going to be a fantastic resource. Pammy's videos are very detailed and will answer all of your questions. Truly, Pammy's videos are so good. But there is a treasure trove of these on YouTube. Because once you look at one, your whole sidebar will have plenty more. And having the visuals of seeing people, not just a photo of someone in the test seat, but someone closing the restraint, someone putting themselves in the test seat, uh, walking out of it, I, putting themselves in the test seat is a very weird way to say that. But I was just watching Pammy's video about Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure and entering and exiting that seat is very specific, which is a phrase like that. But either way, you can watch these videos and you can definitely have a better idea of what you can expect on your trip. I hope this is helpful. I cannot emphasize looking at these videos enough. Um, that is how I have learned a lot about test seats and kind of what works and what doesn't. And if you have any other questions, please don't hesitate to call back. Thank you for calling. And I hope you have the best trip ever. 
there because you're gonna you're gonna have the best time. You're going to Orlando. That's our show. Wow, that sounds so much better on this new mic. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. You can rate, review, and follow Very Amusing on Apple Podcasts and rate and follow us on Spotify. I was alerted that there is a new review that talks about how nice the new mic is. Thank you on behalf of her. I don't know why I decided the mic is a lady, but she's a classy lady. I feel like when I talk to this mic, I'm at one of those like 1920s jazz clubs singing into a mic. That's what it feels like. So I guess I guess the little jazz singing lady. Uh, anyway, I don't. Why am I still talking? Thank you, <laughs> thank you for the review. And you can also leave a review about how nice the mic is. You can update your review and be like, yeah, I wish I could give a thousand stars for how nice it sounds, but I can only do five. You can only do five, but you can only give five stars. But you can give us a call at seven four seven churros. You can text us a voice note to seven four seven churros or email it. 747churros at gmail.com. Now, I will be straight with you. Calling and leaving a voicemail on the hotline is the best way to get your call heard. We are very busy at Very Amusing HQ, and by busy, we mean disorganized a bit. And so emails are always the last thing to be checked, but uh, we do check all of them. And so please keep calling, send in a note, do uh, anything. We are here for you, and we are here to help, and we love to answer your calls. You can buy Very Amusing merchandise at very-amusing.com. You can follow me, Carly Wiesel, at Carly Wiesel, or join the family at facebook.com slash group slash Carly Wiesel. This episode was edited valiantly by Jeff Fox. Thanks so much for listening. See you real soon. Hi, honey, it's mom. I just want to say that I have to give you moms and dads such credit. Raising a baby is wonderful, but it's so exhausting, let alone working at a job and raising a kid and a podcast. I applaud you moms and dads out there, but sometimes you have to take a minute to stop what you're doing and regroup and take a breath. Take some time off for yourself, any time off. But I know you, honey, you didn't take any time off. I bet you're working on next week's podcast as I'm calling in. But for all you wonderful listeners, take a walk by yourself, go to a movie by yourself, sit in the park with your favorite smoothie, get some fresh air, just you, and breathe. Just breathe. Take five minutes for yourself. I'll see you next week. I love you, Carly. I love you, Pearl. I love you, John Stamos. And now you have a magnet of me and you on my fridge forever. I love you. Bye. Hi, honey. Your new mic sounds great. It is so clear. Um, I didn't know about the Lunar New Year Festival, but it sounds so good. I saw a picture of Nikki and Minnie, and they were dressed in their little Lunar New Year's outfits. They were adorable in Pandemay from Turning Red. It was so, so cute. Um, Lunar New Year sounds so wonderful. I never heard it before. The food, the whole fish, I am all about that. It sounds so good. That's what I love. What a good time. So you mentioned you may be going to Disney World and maybe alone. I have an idea. I might be in Florida and I can take the new Brightline train and meet you. Sounds good, right? Maybe we should talk about that. Great episode. I love you so much. I love you, Pearl. I love you, John Stamos. See you next week.